Just before we get started with the show, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which these podcasts were produced and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and the Aboriginal elders who may be listening today. We'd also like to acknowledge those of us with a lived experience of mental illness or suicide and the important role people play in supporting their loved ones and colleagues. Hello there. We've all been through a time of disruption and upheaval to our work and our working lives. As we move forward, it's important to be aware of and reflect on what leadership in workplace mental health and well-being can be during challenging times. I'm Mark Dean, and welcome to Leading Through Change. On this episode, I'm chatting with Damien Wells, Managing Director of Colliburn Water. After early career technical roles in catchment management and water, Damien held an operational leadership role at Goulburn Murray Water before being appointed CEO of North Central Catchment Management Authority in 2008. In 2015, Damien was appointed an Executive Director at the Environment Protection Authority Victoria before joining Colliburn Water in 2019. Damien has also served on the board of Anglicare Victoria as a non-executive director of Zero Emissions Water and is the chair of the Bendigo Advisory Board for La Trobe University. Throughout his career, Damien has earned a reputation for positive, influential and upbeat leadership. I'll be talking with him about leading from the front in terms of positive approaches to well-being in diverse workplaces and he'll be sharing some of his unique perspectives and experiences. Damien, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to be here with you, Damien. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about your recent journey? I understand you joined Colliban Water not that long ago and it was during a very interesting time for you. Yeah, look, it was, Mark. I had a... Uh... I had a really interesting, you know, last 12 months or so. And one of the fantastic things that happened is I thought um, I'd snagged my absolute dream job, which was to be um, in this role as Managing Director of Colliburn Water. And it's a role that um, I just feel totally privileged to have secured. And soon after I secured the role, I was finishing up in my previous role, which was with the Environment Protection Authority in Victoria. And I thought, righty, wouldn't it be great to have a week off in between jobs? So I wrapped up the previous role and I was sneaking out for a mountain bike ride on a Tuesday afternoon in the week off. And I thought, how good is this getting a, a ride in the middle of the day? And I went to uh, one of my favorite places to ride uh, my mountain bike. I'm an avid mountain biker. Unfortunately, um, I was going pretty quick and I was just going into a, a set of jumps and I ended up coming a gutser, as they say. And um, yeah, and I, I broke my neck. So that was a pretty rude shock to the system. Well, before we get into the, the details, Damien, just for putting at ease the minds of our, our listeners, how have you been recovering? Yeah, look, it's been uh, quite a journey and I've been so lucky because a whole bunch of things that happened on the day went well. We were very lucky to have great care 
and those paramedics secured me, walked me out on a stretcher, and then I was in an ambulance straight to Royal Melbourne Hospital, had all the tests, and yes, it was confirmed that I had a, a broken C2. And right up the top there. Right up the top, just below the, the base of your skull. And so um, that meant that it's tricky. So it's not one that they can fuse because the weight of the head is such that you need to support the whole head. So I had what's called a halo installed. So basically pins screwed into the front and rear of the skull and a big superstructure that goes right around the head and then basically a structure which rests on your shoulders and straps right around your chest and the whole idea is to immobilize your head and the hope is that through immobilizing the head that that bone does repair and um, probably the scariest thing was you know it did really freak out the kids and um, my wife Katie was just incredible the whole sort of family network was amazing all of my former colleagues from EPA and my soon-to-be colleagues from Collab and Water were fantastic I had some mates come visit me in the hospital and look that made such a difference I guess it comes back to someone once told me and and I was on the receiving end of this from my family friends colleagues the whole extended network someone once told me even if you're not sure exactly what you should say you're better off reaching out and saying something and connecting and I think some people through the fear of um, not knowing what to say, they don't reach out. And I just found the people that, I, like I can name every single person that reached out to me because it meant so much. And I really sincerely appreciate everyone who reached out to me at that time. You know, I, I, I had this weird thing going on in my head. I don't know what it was, but I had this feeling that things were going to work out okay. I had this feeling that I could see myself and I I have learned this sort of visualization technique over the years where you see your future state or your future self. I I could see my future recovered self up and about, riding the bike, running, being with the kids. And I just kept focusing on that. I've got to do the work. The power, I think the power of the mind is just quite incredible. And look, yes, super, super lucky to not have had the physical um, spinal cord damage. Like I can't emphasize that enough. Luck played an enormous part. But obviously then, you know, having sustained um, the injury, I'm certainly not taking mobility for granted. The visualization techniques Damien used to imagine his life beyond recovery must be a powerful and useful tool as a leader. You can imagine that if self-actualization could help bring his body and mind into health, what those same strategies could do for our well-being in the workplace. And it wasn't long after his accident that Damien's time at Colibin started, the first important weeks spent in the halo. It was early in his tenure that there was a code red day, severe weather impacting on some of Colibin's water treatment plants. In the response of his staff, Damien witnessed the strength and depth they possessed. This was further illustrated only a couple of months later when the world began seeing troubling news of an emerging pandemic. To this new challenge, Damien and his team responded with a clear focus on purpose and the well-being of staff. Well, we actually called the executive together and we said, look, we really need to be clear on what our priorities are here. 
And that was, I think, a really important step. And I note, you know, just as an aside, the WorkSafe website has some cracking resources about things that can feed into downside um, mental health outcomes. And in the workplace, one of them is lack of clarity about clarity of role, clarity of expectation. And so what we did is we actually set three key priorities and they were to provide great water services to our community in their time of need. The other one was to deliver a new corporate plan, a new approach to annual business planning and the other one um, was to deliver a new billing project so that was a massive IT project that we already you know we were neck deep in it and we had to just push through so those three clear priorities I think did set us up well but the other thing Mark is you know I've really got to front up to um, some things that didn't go so well for us and some lessons that we've taken out of the experience and we started tracking people's well-being so we asked everyone um, each week to score themselves out of five as to their well-being five being brilliant and one being you know i'm really having a difficult time how did you do that damien was that through your online toolkit or or was it informally in meetings well we definitely did it formally through a centralized it so we've got the actual data but we also encourage those conversations and we'd go around even um, with the executive we'd say okay how's everyone feeling give us your score out of five and people would say you know what I'm probably a two and a half today because um, we've just gone into lockdown. We're trying to homeschool kids. This is really quite challenging. My wife's lost her job. You know, these conversations are actually playing out, you know, with our work colleagues. So people are feeling safe to uh, show some vulnerability and, and, and no doubt, you know, that, that will help to build trust. And I'm wondering as well, did you uh, have any feedback or were there any particular signs that you can remember seeing where you thought, gosh, And I'm seeing some patterns here in terms of people not switching off. You know, people did start to talk about the blurring between home and work where, you know, if you're operating at your kitchen table or if you're operating in an office at home or for me, I'm actually set up in my garage there can be tendencies. And I actually found the garage is a winner for me because I can also walk out of the garage and up Ah, into the house. And it's actually a physical separation. I found that valuable. Now, not everybody had the luxury of having the physical separation. So it really does take some active management of self. Bit of creativity there, I'd imagine. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the other things, just back on this list of things on the WorkSafe website about things that can contribute to downside, you know, mental wellness, you know, things around having a low sense of job control. So I think I'm I'm really big on trying to be clear about the intent. What is the intent of what we're trying to achieve here as a business? And if you can get clear on the intent, then you can empower people to figure out the way to get there. And I'm I'm a big believer in in that. And the more you can give people control because if you're looking to executives as being the font of all knowledge, then, you know, you're going to come up empty pretty quickly because, you know, it's people who are close to the problems and close to the work, they know best. And they're the ones that you need to empower, you know, with the right level of authority and control to get the job done. So Damien, whether you're in the top job or perhaps just looking at your workplace in the form of looking at your colleagues, your peers, and perhaps those people around you, there's a lot of opportunity, I'd imagine, for anyone at any level to be thinking about the well-being of their colleagues, perhaps you know, asking, are you okay from time to time? What are your thoughts on that? Any, any perspectives you can share? 
Well, certainly I would encourage people to take an interest in your work colleagues, in their lives, what's happening for them. Not in a, you know, I think sometimes in Australia we say, oh, don't want to be too nosy. I think there are plenty of great resources such as those on the Are You OK website to ensure that you're asking questions in a constructive, healthy, non-invasive way, if I can use that language, just to check in on people. How are you going? What's happening for you? And you don't have to have all the answers, as they say, on the Are You OK website. It's, it's really about just being there. And I think if you know a bit about your colleagues and you know a bit about what's happening for them in their lives, I think that makes you more effective as a leader because you can um, you know, take account of particular um, you know, circumstance and context. And uh, I think that's something that we all should try to do as leaders and managers. And I think it's a bit tougher in the COVID context because of this virtual world. So I think you have to be more active in reaching out and connecting with people to ask them that stuff. But um, once we get back into the workplace, you know, those corridor conversations the things when you're walking out to the car in the car park and or wherever it might be just um, reminding yourself to just check in on others and um, learn a bit about them so you can take that into account in your engagement I love it and so in terms of uh, balanced lives what can you tell us about your approaches to helping others to achieve and lead balanced lives. We talked a little bit about role modelling and, and assessing the landscape for how people are going. Are they working a little bit too hard? Are there any other top tips for leaders on achieving and helping others to achieve balanced lives? Yeah, look, very interesting question about balanced lives. And I've certainly had times in my life where I haven't had the balance. I've just been all about work. And, um, you know, I had I learned some things in my 20s and 30s about that. Yes, you know what to look for then, don't you? Yeah, look, I do. And I've realized a bunch of things and I've learned a bunch of things from people along the way. One thing is that overwhelmingly things will work out okay. I think don't sweat the small stuff as a leader and as a person in work. We can sweat the small stuff and get all worked up about something when it's really not proportionate to the issue at hand and the bigger universe, if you like. You know, yeah, we want to be good. We want to have high performance. We want to do great work. But you know what? despite great efforts, some things don't always go your way and, and you can't dwell on that because if you dwell on it, it's just completely wasted energy. And it could be a bit punitive, no doubt, as well. So there's something quite generous and kind in this, this perspective taking that you're talking about. Well, well, I'm firmly of the view that, you know, 98% of people are really good people and want to do great stuff. So if you, if you take the case that that's true, uh, then really your role is about trying to support people to realize their potential. And you know, on that topic of well-being and mental wellness, again, some great stuff on the WorkSafe uh, website about this is uh, mental wellness is really about trying to support people to achieve their absolute potential. And I think that is the role of leaders. If you can help people achieve their potential, then that person and this business can do amazing things. Such a simple idea, well articulated. If leaders are in the business of supporting others to be their best, then everyone will benefit. But the changes we've seen to our work, and particularly our working environments, have meant that achieving our best is sometimes thwarted by new and unique obstacles. Supporting someone is a much more difficult task when you can't look at them face to face in a private meeting over coffee. 
So a large part of Colobin's approach is to encourage its workers to do what they need to do in order to manage the challenges and opportunities of working through change. Which certainly invites the question as to how Damien is managing to do this in his own life. You know, there's this tension in terms of being a leader between the things that you want other people to do, the things that you hope or perhaps even expect of others to look after their well-being must be quite difficult from time to time, especially being in the, the earlier days of a major change initiative, a, a new role, to practice what you preach. What have you learned? Any tips for the listeners on that? Well, we've been super clear and we've been heavily advocating. We want to see happy and healthy households first. What we said to our people is we would rather have you connected in whatever way we can have you than not connected at all. And we would much rather have the focus on happy and healthy households first. And if you've got that, then we think you're half a chance to bring your best self to work. And one of the things uh, in terms of this whole restriction period in Victoria where we've had homeschooling and a lot of people using this term lockdown, you know, it has been challenging for many families. And I talked about us encouraging happy and healthy households as the priority at Colibin Water. Now, as that's played out for me personally here, uh, it's definitely been a challenge. We've got two small kids, grade two and grade three, and they're doing homeschooling. First round of homeschooling, it was actually quite stressful and I was feeling the pain that other staff were feeling. And I think the whole of you know the Victorian education sector was trying to come to grips with how to do this as well and what's the right workload. And and I think we went into it, you know, I think probably having a pretty high bar for, okay, so the kids have got to get all their work done. You know, it's got to be, it's got to be done right. It's got to be submitted on time and all this kind of stuff. And I think there was a bit of give and take in terms of the whole education sector um, taking on some lessons from the earlier lockdown. You know, so that was a challenge to figure out what's the right pitch. I think if I'm honest, in that second lockdown, we probably lowered the bar a little bit and weren't as tough on the kids, if you like, in terms of, you know, doing all the extra stuff. Sure, a lot of people relate to that. Sounds actually quite healthy to me because you talked about recognizing what's really important and what are the little things I can just let go of today. Yeah, definitely. And look, my um, my wife Katie has absolutely um, carried the can with remote learning in our family. She runs her own business. That's been a challenge. I have actually mm, worked with gosh. my executive assistant to put some blocks of time in the diary in the mid parts of the day. Early on, we were able to you know sneak out with the kids for a little scooter ride or for a little bike ride or something like that. So you're blocking it out and prioritizing it systematically. That's a pretty pretty big message. Oh, look, I think you've, you've got to do it. I mean, uh, for me, generally speaking, if it's in my diary, it happens. And for, you know, different people manage their time differently. But something we've really been strong on with the kids is got to get outside. Got to get outside every single day. And so the kids actually just got back from a bike ride with Katie just now. Other times, we're very lucky here in Bendigo. We've got a big backyard. So the kids will be they're out making stuff in the backyard. They've literally got their own shovels and they're digging holes and they're making a water storage, which is all very good, uh, very Colibin water, <laughs> and just playing with the dogs and helping us in the garden. And I've found I've never spent so much time with the kids. Uh, you know, my career is all, I've always had busy jobs and the silver lining for me has been actually better relationships, deeper relationships with my kids 
And that was maybe an unexpected outcome. Yes, there's been some hard days. Yes, there's been some some drama. And so there's been some tests of all relationships in the house. But at the end of the day, we've been able to try to make sure we're doing that outside stuff. We're not, you know, setting unrealistic standards for grade two and grade three and that we're, you know, spending time together. All of those things combined have been uh, super, super valuable. So Damien, have you had to look outside or or perhaps look to other mentors, people you admire from time to time as a leader? Because I'd imagine it gets a bit lonely from time to time as well. There's so many areas that I draw inspiration from. You know, I draw inspiration from sport. I draw inspiration from, you know, the private sector business world. I draw inspiration from some of our politicians, um, some of our community leaders. As a group of peers at the Water Corporation Managing Directors, we've actually been meeting weekly to talk about COVID-19 and how we're managing Ah, in our particular communities. And so that's been valuable as well as with some of our government peers as well. That's been good. Um, Also, I'm very lucky. I've got a fantastic board. So my the board that I report to is ministerially appointed by the Victorian Water Minister, and I have such a high-caliber board. I'm not just saying that. I really, really do. No, yes, um, yeah. Super capable group of people who just want great things for central and northern Victorian communities in relation to water services. So they've been really um, supportive, so supportive from the whole broken neck thing right through to getting into the business and making some changes in the organisation and also just those nice little words of encouragement around how we've responded to COVID-19 and other things that just gives you the sense that, oh, we're going okay here. So, you know, nothing's perfect. Don't want to come across as, gee, we've got this whole thing nailed. There's always more to learn. There's always more to do and you can always do it better. But I think inspiration can come from so many different ways. I think it's really just incredible what you can access now online and elsewhere. But I certainly have missed the physical interaction with people. Um, I'm an extrovert, as as is quite obvious to anyone listening. <laughs> and, you know, I've definitely missed uh, some of those, um, you know, interactions with people. But finding other ways to re-energize. And uh, you're describing a whole ecosystem approach there that I think will be very inspiring for all CEOs, whether introverts or extroverts or somewhere on that spectrum. Great messages there, Damien, about the importance of looking to your support structures as a leader on a whole of ecosystem-based approach, drawing from lots of different sources. Yeah, no, look, there's so many different areas you can draw from. And I think to me, it's all about playing to the strengths of individuals and taking the best of what is. I mean, it sounds obvious, but it's just taking the best of what is. What a wonderful way to wrap up this interview, Damien. I love that definition, helping people to achieve their full potential through this sort of unique combination that you bring of positivity, gratitude, optimism, encouraging balance, looking after your own energy. Uh, Really fantastic way to sum up this, this idea that actually part of the role of the leader in supporting people in their well-being is, is really, as you say, to really focus in on that question, what will help you to achieve your full potential? Any final words on that? Well, I think just remember, it's not all about work. I think you know, I encourage people yeah. to have outside interests and I find people with outside interests 
are very good at their job because they bring a broad perspective to the role. And I think those kinds of things, um, they help wellness and they also help your overall effectiveness in the workplace. But look, thanks, um, Mark, for the catch up. You know, sincerely appreciate the opportunity to have a yarn. That was Damien Wells, Managing Director of Colibin Water. I trust I speak on behalf of all you listening when I say this has been a positive, uplifting and optimistic conversation. I find Damien's approach to relationships and leadership inspiring in its down-to-earth humanism. Leading Through Change is a production of the Victorian Workplace Mental Wellbeing Collaboration, including WorkSafe, Superfriend and VicHealth, who are committed to promoting leadership of positive workplace cultures. Please join me on the next episode of Leading Through Change, when I'll sit down for a chat with Federal Court Judge Melissa Perry QC. I'm looking forward to an insightful and captivating conversation. I'm Mark Dean. Bye for now.